Welcome to the West Coast Project Podcast for The Affair. My name is Mike. And I'm Michelle. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Mike. Hey, we're here to do episode seven. Um, Stuff starts to really happen here. We see it kind of a ramp up of some crimes and everybody knows the truth about The Affair in this episode. Yeah, they everybody finds out in ugly, terrible ways, and yeah. So with the, we start out with uh, Whitney at the therapist. It's part one is Noah, uh, Noah's view point of view. Whitney's at the therapist. It's the therapist Whitney, Noah, and Helen. So Whitney and the parents, and Whitney's trying to explain her stress, um, and she gets all ramped up in this scene. She she's uh, feeling like her dad is miserable, and the mom is having an affair with Max. And um, I thought they were going to focus in on her trying to harm that other girl by, you know, hurting her feelings on Twitter, or whatever, wherever the social media was, Facebook, whatever. But it, she's stressed about them. Is she is she stressed about them, or is she just deflecting? You think she's covering it up by trying to say it's them? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've raised teenage girls, and I've been a teenage girl, and I know that. I mean, it's a long time, but it, it's it's easy to sometimes, in place of just taking the full responsibility to uh, make an excuse or rationale why you did the things you did, and it just seemed to me, particularly with this therapist who was encouraging kind of, the, I don't know, I was kind of put off by that. It's like she was encouraging her, and maybe I read it wrong, but it was like she was encouraging her to give her reasons for why she did the horrible thing. And well, that's what a therapist does, right? Yeah, I suppose, but, but not, not to blame other people. And we were certainly seeing Whitney blame her mom of all people, who is probably the most innocent character in this whole thing. Um, Blame blame her mom. You know, her mom puts too much stress on her. Her mom is obviously having an affair with Max and, and all this kind of stuff. In place of just taking responsibility for what she did. Yeah, the therapist boots Whitney out and talks to them and just says, maybe you guys should get into therapy. And they, they shut that down pretty quick. Right. Um, so next we see this detective, Columbo. Uh, I guess his name's Jeffries, Columbo-like guy. He's at the restaurant, and he's reading Noah's new book. I guess his second book, Descent. Right. And it's got Post-it markers and all throughout it. So he's really uh, following the book for clues or pouring through the book for clues. What did you think about that? Yeah, I'm not sure what that tells us. I'm not sure. I tend to want to read a lot into that, but I'm just not sure how much there is to read into that. So I'm, I just, I don't know. Well, next scene, we see Noah, Helen, Whitney in the car. And Noah says, let's just leave. Let's get out of here today. Um, Whitney doesn't want to leave, though. She wants to stay. She's calibrated to leave on Sunday, not in the middle of the week where they are, I guess, on Tuesday. How do you calibrate that? I was hoping you could explain that to everybody. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. That was um, kind of hilarious to hear to hear her say that. I'm not I'm I'm calibrated to leave on Sunday. By the way, 
I don't know who she this. got that from grandma. Right, right. She is, she really came to life in this episode. Whitney did the smaller, you know, segments that we got to see of her. It was great. That was so perfectly played as far as this indignant, I don't know, what did we say, 16, 17 year old, but calibrated to leave on Sunday? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, I got a question about that too. Out of town. Martin, uh, Martin doesn't want to leave either. He wants to apologize for the horse that he let loose. Um, and Noah doesn't want him to go back over there, but he's for obvious forced reasons. to take him over there. It's kind of like is- it I'm reminded sorry. me of the Pulp Fiction scene. Where, remember when Bruce Willis had to go back and get the watch because the girl forgot the watch? Yeah. You just knew that going back into the scene of all the mess was going to be trouble. Um, well, of course. And I mean, he tried to avoid it. But prior to that, Noah is having to hang a picture back on the wall. What's that all about? So Whitney was taking the the artwork off the wall. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't get that. There are a lot of little interesting clues in this episode seven. I agree. Um, I like how Helen, <laughs> he tries to have Helen take the kid over to apologize for the horse. And he's knows a pussy, man. Uh, but Noah has to go. So at the ranch, he sees Allison and ignores her. And Martin apologizes to Cole. Um, then Cole starts to compliment Noah on Martin and and tell him he's a great kid, but he's hungry for attention. Um, which was a little bit heavy-handed, I think, right? For a guy to tell his father. Yeah. And we see it again come up later on. I can't imagine of course now they had had this conversation in the last episode talking amongst themselves the family had about martin being starved for attention and stuff but and that's why he had showed up at the you know at the far or at the ranch early and all that but um to say actually say that to the father i thought it was insulting i thought he was insulting him at least at the least yeah he was uh cole was insulting noah you mean Yes. Yeah, and then later on we're going to see Noah kind of making fun of Cole. In but, a horrible um, way, yeah. Back home, Noah tries to set the escape wheels really in fast motion. They're interrupted uh, by the fight between Bruce and Margaret at the back at the big mansion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, over the article in Vanity Fair. So this article, from what I could tell from the background, was about how Margaret was saying she had essentially been Bruce's editor at the beginning. Was that really kind of what the argument was about? Yeah, collaborator and editor. Of course, right. Bruce doesn't want any of that. He's, he wants total credit. Why would he mind sharing some of that I with don't his know. wife I would, of I would be pissed, years. too, I think. I, would, I was trying to see Bruce's side of it, and that would make me mad, too. With your wife of 50 years, if she wanted, you know, I mean, maybe she did read the beginnings of his book and say, oh, honey, I would do this different or I would do this different. I mean, maybe she did do that or maybe they just took her out of context. But for him to be so upset over it. Well, it got into a, it got into a national article. Well, it did. But I mean, you know, it wasn't how- just between them. It was like she she told some editor like, oh, yeah, what we do is I edit. He writes. I edit. I, I collaborate with him. So I don't she- think. I don't know if she actually said that, though, right? I think that because was the implication, though. She, she was part of the creation of those 17 books. She was a, she was a collaborator. You know, that was, Is that a horrible thing? I think so. She probably I think was so. a collaborator. Okay. I think so, yeah. 
I don't know. I thought he was maybe being a little harsh with that. Um, no way to know. So they love this fight, though. They, they're all kind of sitting ringside and smiling and smirking. And um, the, Noah's being in a hurry gets slowed down really big time by this, by this fight because he's, he's like wants to, wants to find out more about the Vanity Fair article. Okay, can we just say how ugly that is of them as a family? Yeah, it's really to, bad. It really is. I think that is one of the more telling, subtle clues we see is how ugly this family is to be so happy over this really kind of knockdown, drag out fight. I mean, even the kids are involved, and even the kids are happy over this ugliness between the grandparents. Right. And I think that's just very telling about the relationship as a whole of this family. And the parents letting the kids listen in and kind of not saying, hey, this is none of our business. And interrupting Absolutely. interrupting Bruce and Margaret, at least, and saying, hey, hey, go hold it down or go outside or take the kids away or something. You know, they just all sit and watch. Yeah. Um, so Noah, Noah bails to go get gas. And he's caught at the lobster roll by Oscar. He's doing more than getting gas. He's dropping a note on the, in the, the stupid note in the basket trick again for anybody in the world to see or the wind to blow it away or whatever. But um, our, Oscar kind of smarmily says, you almost got away with it. And then he lays the blackmail trip down on him. And so it's $10,000 or, or I tell Helen, but Michelle, why doesn't Noah just stand the fuck up to this guy and say, fuck you, dude, say whatever you want. I'm sick of this town. I mean, that guy's <laughs> credibility is zero or less than zero. Right? Yeah, Oscars? absolutely. And I don't know. I didn't buy this. I just didn't buy this because I don't buy Oscar. First of all, driving up and parking in the front of his restaurant, which is where they had him park. And, but other than that, I didn't buy him just all of a sudden coming up with this $10,000 number. Nothing about that felt, authentic to me and this is Noah's story and nothing about that just I'm I mean there's nothing to counter it but if Oscar was that just I don't know just had such disregard you don't blackmail people and you don't blackmail people for that amount of money I mean it's a crime to blackmail people I mean he was just he just has no regard for anything and we've seen him not be the most ethical of people, but we've never seen something so blatant out of Oscar. Well, he is a blackmailer. He's going to blackmail the the other people too. Who? The the brothers. Well, yeah. Well, he pretended to make the phone call. Yeah. So I guess I see that. But just to come up with the ten thousand dollars. Oh, I just came up with it off the top of my head. Ha ha ha. I don't know. That just seemed inauthentic. To his character, to me. Maybe it happened like that, but it seemed weird to me. Well, I'm back with Oscar. Again, I've flip-flopped a couple times. He's too stupid to be important. He's just like a thug. He's, he's just like a low-level part of this big criminal thing. This criminal thing's going to be bigger than we know, that we see so far. And Oscar's not a big part of it. He's just kind of a thug, I think. Yeah, I think Oscar is... Um, well, I mean, he's... He obviously does drugs, you know, so he's, he's a, he's a, I don't know, a, what's the word, a participant in the drug, you know, trade or whatever, but he's, I don't know, he's, he's, um, 
He's a businessman. I mean, he obviously has trouble, but he runs a restaurant. He's trying to open up another uh, lucrative business there. He's going through the proper channels as far as going through the thing. I just don't see him necessarily being this, I don't know, disregarding everything to this extent. And plus, he's got to know, you've got to know that it's dangerous to do this kind of stuff. And he just doesn't seem brave enough do you think scotty came in to beat him up that time for the money because he owed money because he bought drugs or because he was a dealer and he was taking their drugs and selling them oh i've never thought about him selling them till you just said it i just take him as being somebody who wants to do them because remember he went into the taxi station later to get some right but i mean i guess i just assumed that was to do not to sell i don't know good question though so back at the butlers, they're all saying goodbye, and Grandma Margaret, as chipper as chipper can be, she's saying goodbye to all the kids, and this big fight doesn't seem to have phased her. Um, but Big Bruce doesn't bother coming out. He's, he's camped up inside the mansion somewhere. Um, but they escape, and they make a plan to go camping next time. Um, everything's too perfect, Michelle, at this point for me. They're holding hands. They're having pizza and sex. They make it back home to Brooklyn, I guess. And, but it looks like their their house got Airbnb damaged, right? They rented it to somebody and they trashed it. Well, yeah, their Lake Crusade pot is rusted out and the banisters chip. I don't know what you know about Lake Crusade pots. I assume that's what that is. That's what it looked like up on the countertop. But they are expensive, expensive. Like, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if that pot was worth like $400 or something. And somebody allowed it to rust. So, so if, they have, that, if they have that much money, I wonder why they're Airbnb in their house while they're away. Well, I mean, I don't know that it's that much money. You know, if, if uh, Helen's a cook, people put some money into their cookware and stuff. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a good piece of cookware and a lot of people use it. But um, I don't know. Good question. So everything's kind of hunky-dory except sex. Sex doesn't work for them. Noah's tired, distracted, whatever. And his legendary legendary heart on is, I guess, still back in Montauk. Well, I guess sometimes you forget that when you pack in a rush. So um, he gets a text from Oscar in the middle of the night asking how he's doing and just no, him. no, he gets a text from Oscar that night from I mean he gets a text that night from uh, Allison, and it says, "Do you miss me or miss me?" That was from Allison. He gets text later from Oscar. That was the one from Allison. Oh, I thought they were both from Oscar. I didn't pay attention. No, I'm pretty sure the first one is from Allison. All right, hold on. I'm going to verify that fact. Okay. Phone chimes. Oscar, miss me? Oh, is it Oscar? It is Oscar. Wow. He's, okay. he, has, he has writer's block. He's up in the middle of the night after his legendary, legendary hard-on leaves. I, you know, I choke up when I say legendary hard-on. That's something Freudian there. Okay. But he's having a writer's block, and he gets a chime. He slams his computer shut, and it's Oscar. Miss me? Oscar's reminding him, t- t- taunting him kind of about oh. this, about this uh, money. <clears throat> right, right. But I thought that one was from Allison, so my bad. So the next day, we see Max again. Max is actually a big-time broker. He's a schmooze artist, man. He's on the phone, promises to play golf with whoever he's on the phone with. Then he gives the phone the F.U. Figure as, finger as he hangs up. Yeah. He's a two-faced weasel, man. He's like, yeah, yeah, can't wait to see you, man. Hangs up the phone and F.U.'s him. Yeah, he's he's less likable than he was before, which is... 
a lot. So, but Max is getting huge. He's working out in the office, doing arm strength, shoulder lifts, and crap on on his uh, on his uh, wall there. Yeah, with his little straps and stuff. I mean, you know, not not to mock any any kind of workout. Trust me, but you know, I mean, I have a daughter that does CrossFit, and so seeing him do that, said, "I'm getting huge." It's like, okay. Okay, Max, keep on. So Noah asked him for 10K to pay the blackmail. He, okay, but listen, listen. You're a guy. You're a guy. If some guy comes to you, say you got a lot of money, and some guy comes to you, a good friend, your best friend, and asks for money, do you, do you put him through those paces? Do you say, I can't give it to you, man, you know, unless I know what it's for? No, unless you're that was playing. lame. I agree. Thank you. I completely agree. Nobody would do that. You wouldn't even want to know, would you? Well, he gives it to him so easily that it's not a big deal to give him $10,000, but he has to know why. That's just smarmy of him. I agree completely. Um, So Noah spills the whole truth about all the the affair, and Max advises him not to tell Helen just to make yourself feel better. Don't do it. Um, And we'll see the other counter version of this with Cherry and... Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask you, do you tell? I think he, I think you tell to make yourself feel better. I think that's why you do it. And I think that's why you probably shouldn't do it. I completely agree with you. I completely agree. I think it is nothing but a release of your conscience. And I think if you're willing to do something like that and you're willing to potentially mess up everybody's life like that, you don't deserve to have your conscience eased by laying that on the other person's shoulders. So Noah, Noah bears this weight, goes home, and weighs this decision, and he goes out and tries to work out by running. And he keels over. He, uh, he's running through the park somewhere or somewhere outside. He keels over, and a guy tries to help him, but that guy won't touch him, Michelle. Shouldn't that guy be doing CPR or something to help him? Well, you don't, you don't do CPR unless somebody's unresponsive. We see that a lot of times, like people are fighting people doing CPR, and you, if, if somebody's fighting you, they probably, no, they definitely, you know, don't need CPR. More than likely don't need CPR. So, no, you shouldn't do CPR on somebody that is moving around. You only do CPR when somebody's unresponsive, to my knowledge. All right, well, that guy looked afraid to touch him, like he might catch something. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I agree. So at the hospital, uh, Noah's at the hospital now. He finds out he's had a panic attack. Um, And Helen starts to apologize for the stressful summer and probably feeling guilty that she caused part of this panic attack. Okay, but listen, I have to say something here. That doctor is... I cannot imagine a doctor coming in and after nothing but a blood test, which is all they showed us, this guy collapsed while jogging, grabbing his chest. I cannot imagine somebody coming in and going, oh, you're stressed. If this happens again, call a therapist. That was not good advice. If that's you not, ever, yeah, I know you're the nurse, but that was all over Reddit too by some people that were claiming to be nurses that said, you know, it's, she said it was only 10% or 20%, and the, the person on Reddit said it's actually more than that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that. I don't know the percentages, of course, but, but and, and it probably is a bigger percent than, than that if they were saying that. 
But I think it's horrible medical advice, and I think it's a horrible thing to say in any context, even on a show like that, that if you're having that kind of chest pain that you collapse to go see a therapist. If you're having that kind of chest pain and you collapse, you go to a doctor, and I think they're going to do, or you go to the ER, and I think they're going to do a whole lot more than take a blood test. They may take a blood test to find out if you've had a cardiac event, like they said. Of course they'll do that. But they're going to do a whole lot of other tests to find out if you're having cardiac issues or lung issues or or whatever kind of issues. And I thought that was a little bit scary, what we saw in there. So I just didn't want to... They just needed enough time to show McNulty's bare chest for two minutes. Uh, Okay. So, Michelle, we talked about watch... uh, um, We interviewed Jane uh, from the show, and we talked about how the affair... Watching the affair with your significant other is stressful. Um, But it was stressful to watch McNulty talk to Helen about this. I mean, I could imagine watching that with a wife or girlfriend being being hard to sit through yeah i actually just watched this with my husband right before we interviewed jane we just finished it up because he had just seen it for the first time and i agree it's a it's a hard subject matter and particularly in the way that it was portrayed in this that it was it was very raw and very emotional but how what a what a great topic of conversation how what a uh i don't know i mean just because something's hard doesn't mean it should be avoided and i just thought they did a great job of it and i think that any dialogue that it creates would only be a good thing well max was right because he's doing it to unload his burden exactly and And what what a what a douche what a douche Helen has to agonize with it. Like, was it just once? Was it, you know, how long? Three weeks, five weeks, eight weeks, all summer. Then she asks who it was with, and he kind of hesitates, and she's like, was it the waitress? I knew it was the waitress. Um, So Wives know. Wives know. They go home, but there's no team Soloway hug. The kids all hug Noah. They don't know anything yet about any of this, but. One of the little girls says, come on in, Mommy, and she won't come in for the hug. So um, she's, she's uh, chilled after this Well, she's, she's devastated. She's devastated. This is her husband of 25 years. She's hurt. Of course she's not going to want to go hug. So Noah slams shut the curtain uh, of their apartment on the street on, on a bad scene. You know, they're all having kind of a bad family scene. Later on in the episode, we see him shut the curtain on kind of a good, loving family scene, which is interesting. It is interesting. We'll get to that. Um, And then we hear also that Helen had some kind of dalliance with a guy named Leon. Well, I don't think she had a dalliance with him. I think she had an interest in him because she said it wasn't the same thing at all. Yeah, we don't know what what it is or was, but it sounds like... She's portraying it as much less than an affair. And he's agreeing with her. And then Helen drops a total class racism line on on everything here. It's like, how could you do this with a waitress? You did a destructive thing to our marriage with a waitress. Yeah, that I didn't like that. So Helen's privileged, and she's uh, not afraid to let it show. 
But it's um, just like he said, would it be better if it were a 55-year-old professor or whatever he said? And it wouldn't, you know? That's the thing. She's going to pick apart whatever she can pick apart about this girl because she's so hurt. But the fact that she threw a waitress out there, that, that was pretty bad. No matter what she asks him, Noah cannot say anything right at this point. His hole just digs it deeper and deeper. Um, he complains about his book not selling. He's stressed over that. Um, he's afraid that she sees him as potential unfulfilled. Uh, I think he's making excuses here. He's making excuses for why he did what he did, because why would he be having this conversation right now? He's probably doing both. I think he's he's trying to get out of this and and you know put a bandaid over it a little bit. But he probably does feel some of this stuff. I'm sure he feels it, but that's not the reason for this affair. I mean, it's not a good reason. It's not an excuse, I guess, for this affair. He even says right then he goes, "She was in a dark place. She came after me really hard." And I mean, I'm like, really? Yeah, that was lame. So, what do you think yes. the reason for the affair was? Um, I, you know, um, he, I don't know, because we see him at the very beginning, episode one season, you know, season one, episode one, very beginning scene, he's got women coming after him. So, um, I don't know. I think sometimes, you know, even everybody, I mean, you, you see somebody and you think you're, you're drawn to that person for whatever reason that you're drawn to them. And, um, I don't know. I think he was at a point in his life that he just decided that the, but see, he, he wasn't just having an affair with her. We have to remember here. He's talking to Helen about how much he loves her. I love you so much. I love you, Helen, Helen. I love you so much. And just, just a week and a half ago, he was asking Allison to run away with him. We can't forget that. And, he likes Helen so much because Allison wasn't the person that he dreamed her up to be in his mind. He had Allison pictured in his mind as this person who needed saving and this this um, innocent kind of free-spirited girl. And she turned out not to be that. And so he couldn't run back to Helen fast enough. I mean, that's why he was desperate for Helen. He's desperate for something. He's a pretty desperate guy. Um, they kind of leave this scene with him saying, you're, you were waiting for the guy you married to happen. And she says, only because you're waiting for him to happen. Okay, I thought that was a profound statement. That was very in treatment. The guy, the creator, Haggai Levi, Haggai Levi, the writer, the creator of this show. He also created that show, In Treatment. I'm telling you, if you like this show and you like that kind of writing and that kind of introspection, you'll love In Treatment because it's just like that show. It reminded me of that show. I haven't seen it yet. So dig it up. Look it up on Netflix or YouTube and you can get a taste of it. Uh, yeah, so Noah keeps telling her he loves her, but she's keeping space. Um, yeah, she's giving him the hand. You know, she's giving him like the distance hand. Talk to the she's hand. <laughs> I don't know if it's that so much, but you know, I mean, she really is. She's like back up, you know, she needs her space. So, um, it must be really hard for couples to wrestle their way through this. I don't even want to try to think of how hard it must be. 
Um, later on, they're in bed, and she's asleep, and he's awake thinking, and he gets another text from Oscar that says, how's Helen? And you want to just throttle Oscar at this point. Oh, um, no. No, no. That, that was the best part. When Noah he calls, calls him Oscar. and tells him yeah. to fuck off and tears up the check, and that's the end of part one. Good for him. That was, I mean, you know, I can find so few reasons to applaud Noah in this. But when he called Oscar up, I'm like, yeah, go, Noah, you know, because I hated. But didn't I mean, we just decide that he told Helen to salve his own wounds and not for their relationship? Didn't we just decide that? Yeah, but whatever. I mean, at least you don't have to pay Oscar. What does that have to do with paying Oscar? This is This is a personal matter and it just has nothing to do with oscar nothing right i know we're it's going to be interesting to see how oscar gets sorted out in this whole mess it really will so part two is allison's version and we see colombo driving around montauk um he's at a bridge with a marker for the end the the restaurant club hotel whatever and he's taking pictures Okay, I didn't um, realize that was the same hotel they stayed at. Did you? It wasn't. I mean, it I was, knew that it... It wasn't. It was the end. It was the end club. Yeah, but the end was also the hotel that they stayed at, I think. No, they stayed at a hotel on Block Island. I thought that was the same place. Are you sure? No, they're at the end, at the end of Montauk. Block Island is a ferry right away. Okay, okay. Well, Remember, never mind. It's, it's I... 12 miles up the sound towards Rhode Island. Right. I just thought that when he went there later on that it was the same place that he was going to. So it was. Right. We don't see him actually go to the end. We just see him making pictures of the bridge. He had a sign for it. Okay. I I don't know that they didn't stay at the end, but the place they stayed when they rented the room with the cash where he kicked a hole in the thing, that was on Block Island. Another another place. No. I'm not talking about that place. I'm talking about the night. That they stayed. Did they remember st- the yeah, yeah. Did they stay overnight? Not that time. But remember when when Max came out and he met Max and then he, and then he went back into dancing to twenty yeah, first. That. That's what we're talking right. about. The end. Right. That was at the end, and then they stayed the night. That was a different place than they stayed on Block Island. Do we know that remember they that stayed was- the night? The night that the Max left early. How do we know they stayed overnight? Well, because remember they got in the sh- they showed them in the go in their hotel room and then they showed them getting the in. Depending on whose version you believe, they either got in the shower or not. And then it was 5 o'clock in the morning in the same room. So, yeah, they were there overnight. Yeah, I never got that they stayed overnight. I just got that that Max left early and then Noah came home at 5 in the morning like he was up all night. No, they were definitely in a hotel room that night. Definitely. All right, why do you think they put the detective into Allison's half? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just took it as a, I, I, I couldn't really figure this out. And we didn't hear, see him say, I mean, hear him say a word. He didn't say a word. And we just saw these various things where he's like making pictures and kind of weird stuff. I'm not sure about, I'm, I have no, no clue what the detective is up to. Did you have some idea? No, I'm just curious why, why the detective is in Allison's version of the story. I don't know, because, I mean, we're assuming that Allison doesn't even know any of this, right? I mean, she can't know this. This isn't her version, because she wouldn't know the detective brother. I don't know. So, Allison's back home replacing some random posts in the porch fence, and Cole tells her, you don't bother, the whole thing's rotten, we got to replace the whole thing. 
And Allison says, why don't we just repaint it? It would look better. And Cole says, no, that would just look like a crappy porch fence that's been painted. So clearly here there's symbolism, right? The fence is the relationship <laughs> and the whole thing's rotten. And Rot. Cole's and remarking about that or referring to that. Right, and Allison's wanting to put a coat of paint over and pretend like it's, you know, new again. And Colton saying, I mean, Cole saying, no, it's got to be turned, you know, torn down and completely replaced. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I definitely got that. Because that was the only, that scene was, I mean, they didn't reference it in any other way. So we have to assume that's nothing but symbolism for their relationship. So, But we also know, we also see that she's the one working on it. And he's the one that's just like a passerby at this point. Yeah, so like he, almost like he's given up on it. She's trying to at least make it look better or start right. to look better. She's Well, she's trying to fix it in the only way she can. She can't replace that porch, we're assuming. But she's doing what she can. And he's doing nothing except criticizing what she's doing. So, I don't know. Hold on, i got to get a drink. Okay. There's a podcast I listen to where they all talk about what they're drinking. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Lot 96 Petite Syrah. Oh, wow. Okay. And in that podcast, you can hear them pour the, you know, they're always glug, pouring. Glug, glug, glug. Yeah, yeah, you can hear the glug, glug. Um, so back, back at the show, we get a replay of the Martin goodbye scene. And Cole's praising Martin, and Noah is dissing him. <laughs> Martin, helpful? You sure we're talking about the same kid? Like making fun of his own son. Um, yeah, but what does he say here? I mean, this is where, you know, Cole's telling, Mark, Cole's telling Noah that Martin's attention starved. And this is where Noah tells him to get back to him when he has a teenage son. I yeah, mean, how, thanks for the parenting how info. Can get you back be? to me when you have a son. A te- I mean, how can you, a teenage son, how can you say, I mean, we're to assume that, that Noah, no, Noah does know at that point. And this is what Allison's listening in on. And I mean, what a terrible thing to say if, if he said it like that, knowing that their son died and he says, get back to me when you have a teenage son. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's saying something about Noah right there. So Michelle, the, um. And this is what I think we're going to do next week if you, if you have time to do it. Ne- the show is off next week. There's a break, week break in between se- the, like episode eight won't be for two weeks. Right. So what we should do is there's, um, there's points of view. You know, obviously the points of view of Allison and Noah are different, but they're, they're not just the only things that are different. Cole is different in Noah's view than in Allison's view. Cole looks different. And the producers of the show kind of describe this, how Cole is more alpha male in Noah's eyes than he is in Allison's. Like, like Noah's a little intimidated by Cole more, more than Allison's view. Hmm. So what I thought we would do next week is we'll do a, we'll do a review of like ma- the major characters and how their point of views are portrayed in the show. Okay, cool. I think that'd be fun. I'll give you a link to the thing that, where they talk about it, and you can kind of pre-listen to it. We can talk about it. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, but Allison's viewpoint here in her part of this episode is that Noah's just dick, a dick, man. Cole looks nice and friendly and pretty, pretty cool dude, but Noah's being a dick. Um, and I, you know, I guess you, you saw it the same way, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he's he's um, being ugly, even to Cole. I mean, like I said, what he said was just it was just unbelievable. So next so. we see Jane and Allison at the restaurant. Jane doesn't want Allison to go back. She's going to miss her, and she wants her to come visit her in New York. Um, and we see that they're pretty good friends, right? They're um, they're not just crossing paths during work as waitresses. They're they probably have been together for a few years, and they're friends, right? Well, right, because Jane even says how much better she looks this summer. So we're to assume that she, Jane comes out there every summer is what I took from it. And, you know, um, has this relationship with Allison that's that's ongoing year after year. So they um, they kind of agree that winter's rough. Summer Summer's over now, right? They're in the last week of the, at least for the Soloways, and I assume everybody else, it kind of shuts down at some point in the summer. And they, they mention how winter is rough. Uh, Jane invites her to visit her in Brooklyn uh, a lot <laughs> so they can go to museums and, what does she say, girl, girl out? chill out yeah 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 like like do lady stuff or girl stuff or something like that lady out maybe that's what she says yeah and brooklyn now jane lives in brooklyn and the soloways live in brooklyn how convenient how approximate they are to each other yeah that's not necessarily good and uh we see allison again with oscar can i get my last check please why are they having so much trouble getting their checks from oscar I don't know. Oscar doesn't want, I don't know. He didn't want to put that check out for something. I mean, we have to assume, I don't know what kind of money they make, but I have a daughter who's a waitress right now and they make like two something an hour. So we're not talking about this huge check. We're talking about very little money anyway. I mean, waitress how much money Oscars, Oscars, they owe Oscar something more Oscar hold, is holding something over them because he says, you're kidding, right? Get the fuck out. No, because this is where she smacked him. Remember the last the last interaction we saw between Jane and or uh, Allison and Oscar was in the taxi service when he was like, if you just wanted somebody to have sex with, you could have come to me or whatever he said, and she slapped him, remember? So that was like the last that we saw. So we're to assume that she quit her job. I mean... I don't know if she actually said it or if that was just implied. And I think he just didn't think she was going to come back at all for a check. And so when she shows up for a check, a two-week check can be literally, by the time taxes are taken out, everything. It doesn't matter how much it is, Michelle. This is the second time, too, because remember they had to go back to Oscar's upstairs office that time? Allison went back, and then Jane showed up, too, like, oh, yeah, I need my check, too. For some reason, he's withholding their checks. Right, but you have to stop and think. Why would you take two pies in payment for you know a week? I don't or care two what she work? took. I'm wondering why he's holding their checks and saying you have no right to ask me for your check, bitch. I just think he's making everything hard on them that he can. I think it's trying to show the character of Oscar. Yeah, there. I think there's more to it. There's something oh. about what he holds over them. Uh, maybe he's given them coke or something, or he's somehow given them. Oh no, because I mean, Allison wouldn't need that. You know, I mean, why would she need Oscar to give her coke? And no, what do I you don't, mean, I Allison wouldn't need that? She wouldn't need to be to be supplied by Oscar. How how silly would that be when she, when her own husband, you know, is. Definitely right. farther up the food chain. You're right. That doesn't make much sense. But there's something there to that. And they wouldn't have done this twice now. 
where you were. I think they're just showing him being a douche. You know, he's just being a douche. He's making everything hard. Like some some men would want to be asked for money, even if they owe the money. So it's just. They're just showing him being that kind of guy. Yeah, but you he don't has, say you're kidding. Like you're you're actually asking me for your check. Like he's because shocked. she smacked him last time they were together. All right, let's let it rest. I think there's more to it. Um, the pie does serve as a way to convey the note that was stupidly left in her bike basket because it sticks to the bottom of the box. Jeez. So the pies, that, the reason I think that's why the pies get stolen because they. St- I guess, but two pies in exchange for a week of work. These better be good pies. They get uh, they get transported into Cherry's kitchen um, on the bike. So the pies are delivered to the countertop. The Lockhart boys are having a beer beer slash board meeting, and they're discussing Oscar and what to do with him. Now it's interesting to me in this scene at, at the Lockhart house is that Cherry can hear everything the boys are talking about, and they can hear her. They're they're a criminal family. It's not like Cherry's this innocent mom that doesn't know anything about what they're doing. She's the, you know, she's the godmother. No, I completely agree with you. And I think, based on everything we've seen in this episode, that she is even the instigator of it all. I never, I mean, which is a great thing to say about this character, but I've never trusted her from the get-go. I've never trusted her. And this gave me Ever since seen Elmo's Fire? Yeah, all the way back since St. Elmo's, no, well, no, but um, but I've never trusted her to be just this sweet, supportive mother-in-law. There's always been something sinister in her character, and I, I hope that's what she was trying to portray, because it's definitely what I got. She's about to I get got. more sinister, though, we'll see pretty clearly. Yes. So the, the boys are discussing Oscar, giving him his bowling alley, and, and get, essentially giving him a go-ahead to make him into an ally. An ally in what? I don't know. I mean, that's that's what this whole check Oscar Oscar's. I don't know. He's onto something or into something. No, he just threatened them with the police. Is how I took it. And so they they're like, look, we don't need this headache. We don't need this aggravation. Let's eliminate this from our lives. The bowling alley's not that big of a, of a deal. Let's let's you know send a petition to get this done and agree with him and get him as an ally. That's how I took that whole thing. I didn't think it was anything bigger. We'll see. So Allison gets out another knife and starts slicing. You know, this thing's a machete, Michelle, for her to cut up some tomatoes. I thought for sure we were going to see some more Band-Aids here. I know, and she's like cutting through like the like the stem of it, and she and she didn't wash her hands, and she's not watching what she's doing. Everything about that scene bothered me. It's a twelve-inch knife to cut open a tomato. I know a tomato, and I mean, you know, and she's like piercing the skin with the end of it and slicing through it. And as I'm cooking with daughters and trying to teach them to cook and stuff for Thanksgiving, that upset me much more than it probably should have. Well, plus we've already seen her chop her finger in the earlier scene. Right. I have a prediction somebody's getting getting stabbed or decapitated later on. Ooh, but uh, Cherry okay. tells her her whole story of intuition, how of how to stop how she stopped the rolling stroller at one time when she was behind her and saved Cole from rolling downhill. And, but then she reveals she's seen the note under the pie, so you don't have to be a, much of an intuitive person to read a note. Oh, I know. It's like, where did that... I mean, you know, and she's, and she's so ugly. Did you see the change in her when she asked, who's Noah? And 
I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I wouldn't like that if I knew one of my children was being hurt either. But come on, Cherry. So she says she knows when someone's about to hurt one of her boys, and um, she knows that Allison's been cheating, and she burns the note. Okay, you got to talk about that scene for a minute. What did you think about that? I'm about to talk about it. Um, I think it's Cherry's own version of blackmail. The, she has knowledge because Allison's like, okay, I'm just going to go lie down or do something. She's like, no, you're not. You're going to help me make dinner. You're going to do this. Take this better knife and cut some more damn tomatoes. But she burned the note. Yeah. but she And has, Allison didn't even get to see so it. So the note might be innocent and Allison thinks it's more dangerous or something. She's using that knowledge. We have no knowledge. idea. We have no idea what was in that note. Right. I don't like that at all. She's use, Cherry's using, she's blackmailing Allison. She has knowledge, which is power, you know, the knowledge that you have over someone is powerful over that person. And she's using that power over Allison. She's not going to tell Allison what was in that note. And then, and then her sitting there saying. No, she's not going to tell Allison, Michelle, but she's going to say, the, the implication is I'll tell somebody or I'll make this known that you were having an affair. Oh my gosh, that infuriated me watching that. I would have went right in there to Cole, right in front of her. I would have done it because I'm known sometimes, I hate to admit it, but to cut off my nose to spite my face. And I would have walked straight in there to Cole and I would have said, I got something I got to tell you. Just to show Cherry that she had no, nothing to hold over me. I couldn't believe that Allison submitted to that. Between her and her husband. Well, at the dinner, Allison looks like a battered wife just putting on a good face. She, she submits herself to this dinner and, and doesn't, you know, she just like, she looks miserable. She looks like she's be- a beaten person. Well, who wouldn't be miserable? That was a miserable situation. Well, that's, I mean, the de- that's the explanation of what she is in this. She's not powerful. She's like, she's been beaten up by a cherry. But you by- know. Well, yeah, but with Allison, we see it like at the end of episode six when she's standing outside. I mean, she looks pitiful. And I don't know if she sees herself as pitiful or if that's just how I see her. But when she was standing outside the, uh, you know, Bruce's estate and she's just standing there and she has this like devastated look right after she's told Noah that she'd really like to be with him. And he's like, I don't want to be with you. And so we see that on her face then, and we see it again at this dinner table. The exact well, she same looks look. that way, too, in Brooklyn when she's looking in the window of the apartment in Brooklyn. She does, yes. But this is all Allison's account. So later on, Allison and Cole and Scotty go to see Oscar, and it almost works to apologize to him. Cole's pretty smooth, and work. they're going to work with him. But it turns out that Scotty can't hold back his left hook and belts belts Oscar right in the stomach. It would have been it. The whole situation would have changed if Scotty could have controlled himself. But um, so Oscar reveals that. So that makes Oscar mad, and he reveals that Allison's fucking Noah. Uh, that he didn't know. He didn't say who. Wow. Well. well, that's important though because he just said. You know that she's that she is somebody. The guy she's fucking was right. in the room. She wasn't in the room that heard that phone call. Right. Um, Cole doesn't know who. So they they end up pounding him like they both dive in on him, and so much for that plan of plan A of making Oscar their friend. 
Oh, I think Oscar knew that that pounding was coming, though, and he kind of deserved that pounding, saying that to Cole, but what a horrible thing. I mean, what a horrible thing. Scotty he said, said that to Cole because Scotty sucked. That's what I'm saying. Him. Absolutely. What a horrible thing for Scotty to have put in motion. Yep, so they drive home. Cole has a couple blasts of whiskey and finds out about this affair, dude. You're right. It is a mystery still who this guy is. Right. Um, he just wants to know if he knows him and if he lives close by or something. Right, if he's a local. He wants to know if he's a local. So she says no, and that means it's her problem, and she has to deal with it, and he strolls out on his merry way. Um. So they wake up together, and Allison decides to go away for a few days, and she goes into New York, and that's where we see her hang out with Jane. Um, now, when she popped up out of that Louis, Louis C.K. subway, she, <laughs> she, looked, did. she looked happy as a bee, man. She looked like, I'm free. I'm in the city. I'm just, I'm just joyous. She had a big smile on her face popping up she onto did. this New and York She did, and she looked so pretty. You know, I mean... The people that I watch this with, everybody's talking about it and how sometimes she looks really pretty and sometimes she just doesn't look the same at all. And when she popped up out of that subway, she was as pretty as she's ever been in this whole series. She looked happy. She looked, she just looked pretty. So she does go over to Jane's and she's, uh, she's hanging out with Jane and they're talking. And Jane says, I can't believe Oscar knew this was happening before I did. And Allison apologizes for that. And then they start to wonder what was in the note. Um, Allison comments that Noah seems real and everything else other than Noah seems like a memory or like a not real event. Yeah. Um, They're having some fun, though. Allison comments because they're smoking pot. Allison comments on how how high she is and starts pounding down the Oreos. We see that Jane's an IT expert and, and an amateur sleuth. She finds, she finds Noah's address in Brooklyn and finds Helen's store address. And um, we, did a, we did a podcast interview of Jane, by the way, too. If you want to check that out, look at West Coast Project and you'll see, you'll see it. Jane was, Jane was great to talk to. She didn't verify or deny any theories that we were trying to hope we were going to get them. from her. Yeah, yeah. we tried. But um, it was cool seeing them together. They they are really pretty good friends. Um, but they, <laughs> Jane prompts this adventure to go into the store and let's hey let's go shopping and check out the store and you know leads her into the lion's den. What a horrible thing to do! What a horrible horrible idea! That was a not good idea. What what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was an adventure. It was like it was entertainment to Jane, but it was trouble for Allison. Big trouble. I mean, big trouble. And we find out later on kind of how much. Yeah, Jane Jane fakes going out the door and says, come on along or stay here and be fat, but I'm going. And so they both go. Right. So at the store, Helen, of course, recognizes Allison. Um, now, there's no... Do you think Helen at this point knew about the affair or is she just like... She thinking? absolutely did not know. Let me tell you why. Because I think this oh, was Oh, God, right. I've heard this before. Okay, no, go this ahead. is true. It's true. Because as soon as Helen finds out about Noah collapsing, she goes to the hospital and then she's with Noah as they leave and go home. This is bef- right before, right before 
Noah collapses. Because she didn't go back to the store. They go remember they walk in the door together from the hospital and the kids are excited to see him and see that he's okay. So it absolutely is before she knows anything. But I wasn't sure when I was watching it if it was before or not, but it absolutely is before. All right. I'll uh, I'll accept that. I promise. Um they have an awkward little talk in the store, but Helen ends up thanking her for Stacy's choking where, you know, they, she helped <clears throat> unchoke right. Stacy. And um, what a class act. Can we just say that? I mean, Helen isn't classy necessarily in every situation, like making the waitress comment and stuff like that. That's not, you know, but what a class act to treat this girl like this. Granted, she doesn't at this point know that this is her husband's mistress, but... So Elson tells Jane she needs a little alone time, and she kind of wanders off, finds Noah's apartment. And she looks in the window. She sees up into the one-and-a-half floor, second floor, whatever, window, and they look all happy. And they're hugging. They're all hugging. Now, this is when they got home from the hospital. All right. Well, it has to be because that's when Noah closed the curtain on her, remember? But in in Noah's version of the hospital, he had already told Helen about the affair. Right. I mean, that's when he, he told Helen about the affair. And that's so why are they happy? Um, well, who knows? Who knows if he really even told her? Who knows who's telling the truth? I don't know. So Noah shuts the curtain again, and uh, we didn't see it in the first part that Noah was looking out at Allison. Do you think he saw her in the first one when he slammed the curtain shut? was insinuated kind of because he's like you know because even Helen brings it up and she's like why did you why did you do that why did you close the curtain like that and he's like just for some privacy or whatever so I think we're to assume that he saw and I even wondered as I watched that the very first time if he saw something out there somebody looking in so yeah I think we're to assume that all right so back at Jane's apartment Cole is there waiting Jane Jane's you know kind of hosting Cole right and Cole tells her the drugs are missing now, Michelle, we're going to have to start putting forth some predictions here. Okay. And I've got a few theories. Um, I'll tell mine, and then you tell me what you think, okay? Okay, sure. So I've got five theories here, and a sixth <laughs> one later. Okay, okay, so theory number one, they think Noah has the drugs, and they're going to go after him, that somehow he heard about the drugs, or he's going to, and they're going to go after him to get the drugs back. I think that's obviously what he thought at the at that moment, but yeah. They think another theory is they think Allison has the drugs. No, I don't think they thought that. I don't think they'd think that. Another theory is th- these are my theories, so okay. I could be totally wrong or right. They think Oscar has the drugs. Um, maybe, yeah, okay. One of my fourth theory is one of the other brothers has the drugs to steal the money from the family. Okay. Uh, my fifth theory is Cole is using this story as a front just to get Allison to tell him who she's fucking. Oh, no. I think she would have told him at any point if he had just asked her. He didn't act like he was even interested. He's just like, whatever, you handle it. Yeah, but later on we see, we see him say, why don't you tell me who you're fucking? Like, he is frustrated by not knowing. Well, because he thinks, I, I, I took that as he thought the person who she was with could be the person who had stole the drugs. But we okay. find out in just a minute anyway. So we find out those drugs, drugs are worth 100000 Um 
she does tell Allison does tell him that Noah is the guy she's sleeping with, and so now everybody knows about the affair, right? Helen knows from from Noah. Cole knows from Allison. That little mystery is done, and the new the new the whole new mystery is this crime. Like we know somebody's killed. We know drugs are missing. Right. We know there's blackmail going left and right. The drugs aren't missing though. We find out in just a minute. The drugs, so, you know. Uh, well, my theory, my sixth theory, is that this season is going to end, and season two is the is the crime. I wish, I wish we had asked Nikki that, Nicole Jane. I wish, or uh, Nicolette. I wish we had asked her that because um, I really wanted to ask, and I, I actually forgot about. Is it going to? I mean, she couldn't have answered, but is it going to continue into another series or not? So. So um, those are just my theories. They're not actually part of this episode. So walking around Brooklyn now, Cole and Allison are together. Cole hates Brooklyn, and Allison loves loves Brooklyn. Um, Cole starts to reflect on the affair, like why'd you do it? Was it something I did? Yeah. And Allison apologizes, kind of in a mirror scene of Noah apologizing. Isn't it almost uncannily? Like I'm, I mean, I'm starting to think. You know, one of my theories is that they have set up these uh, kind of alibis, these stories, because they're just too similar. The the people telling them the same things and their their apologies to every. I mean, we see the same thing in total opposite situations. Yeah. So I don't know if this isn't even something that they've discussed and you know, and kind of came up with their own version of. I don't know. So Cole talks about how he uses counting to resolve pain, like mental pain that he has, and how that counting didn't help when Gabriel died. Um, so he's had kind of his own, he's, or he's having his own little micro panic attack here. Cole is, it seems seemed to me. Um, but his only resolution to the death of Gabriel was Allison. And... Cole is, I think to, I took this that Cole is representing that Gabriel is the pain. Um, or he actually says that, doesn't he? That that's somehow telling them that they can't be there. Yeah, he actually says that. Um, he sometimes wonder if Gabriel's telling them that since he can't be there with them, that they can't be there either. The pain, and, the residual pain of mm-hmm. Gabriel's death is telling them that they can't be there. Yeah, that that was that was a really hard thing to watch that was another one of those kind of i mean it was very you know he was talking about that the counting worked when his father died but when his son died that the counting didn't work the darkness was too dark and he didn't know what number he didn't know came next and didn't know what order the numbers were supposed to be in and and he tells her that the only thing that made it better was was her and now he's finding out that she you know, was with somebody else. And so um, Allison says, no, I don't think that that pain is telling us that. So she kind of says, no, she doesn't believe that theory. Um, But then driving back down Long Island, Allison's asleep. Um, They get a text that Hal's been hurt. Right. And apparently Hal tried giving the drugs back to the drug dealers. Right. So that's what's happened with the drugs is that Hal dug them up and tried to take them back to the drug dealers. So they're playing with fire here. You don't give drugs back to a drug dealer. 
Um, and Cole says, we have to sell the ranch. Cherry says, no way. Don't be ridiculous. And Cole says, I can't do this anymore. So Cherry is this godmother leader of this drug family and just says, look, I'll take out a loan. We'll get, you know, we'll get the 100K and, or whatever. I mean, why would she want her kids to be in that kind of business to support this? I mean, to support this ranch and everything when they could have good lives and live their live their lives without this. Why would she want that? Why would any drug dealer be a drug dealer? You know, so back on Long Island, the detective shows up at the end and checks the register for Noah and Noah's uh, name is not on the register. Yeah, but I think they kind of showed us that and the way he would get around that like they did when he was on Block Island. Yeah, and it was pretty sloppy detective work because he just asked the girl to check and she just does the tapping of keys like, nope, nobody there. And he does. He just walks out. Okay, you know, he doesn't look himself at the register. Right. But I mean, she wouldn't lie, would she? Or would she? I don't know. But you'd think the detective would want to see it. Show me the entry. You know, show me all the entries for that date. Okay. Uh, back in the Lockhart bedroom, Cole wants to try to have a baby. Because that's a good time, right? Let's was, see. You tell me Allison's response. I didn't read it perfectly. It just it was. Uh, you know what was her response? Happy, she, sad, no, yes. Well, she. I mean, she put the pills back. I mean, we have to just you know follow what she did, and she put the pills back, so she yeah, didn't but, take it. She's the battered wife. She's doing what she has to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't see her as battered. I see her in a situation that she wishes she hadn't gotten herself into, but but she didn't look particularly happy. But but what a time! Are you kidding me? He just drags her back from Brooklyn, where where she went because she's had an affair and. All this stuff's going on. All this chaos is in their life. And their marriage. I mean, you know, he was just saying, it's your problem. And and now, let's have a baby. Now's the time. I don't know. It does seem like a, an artificially heavy-handed way to deal with the pain of all this. A baby will wipe away all this pain of the, the affair and the lost other baby. And we'll just start, start anew. Um, so, Michelle, we haven't done much spoiler-ing, spoiling in this podcast series that you and I have so brilliantly put together. But <laughs> this week, I do have a little bit of a spoiler section. So if you're cool. listening and you don't want to hear any spoilers, stop listening. But I paid really close attention to the um, next week on parts of this previews for two weeks from now. Okay. And so if you don't want to hear this, don't listen anymore. But well, Noah, I hear. one of the scenes is no. I know you do. You have to because I force you to. But <laughs> listeners don't have to. Okay. Um, but Noah's teaching to his class, and he says, "Pure love cannot sustain in an imperfect world." Do you think there was anything in in that? Any clues that you can discern from that? Oh, I could read a whole world into that. I'm a girl. Yeah, I could read everything into that. You know. All right. So that was one little scene, one little vignette from the preview. Another one was Noah gives a present to Helen for sticking it out. And, and she pushes it back, and it's a Tiffany. It back. Yeah, it's a Tiffany blue. Did you notice it's Tiffany blue box? And, um, yeah, she pushes it back. What does that mean? Does that mean she's not going to stick it out? I don't know. There's some trouble there, though. 
Um, so we see Noah and Helen on a couch somewhere, maybe a therapist's couch. That's what I took it as, yeah. And Noah is saying, Helen, nothing is going to happen. I won't see her. And Helen says, why should I believe you? So is Noah back at Long Island with Allison? See, I don't know. I mean, we're we're not to assume that Allison could have gotten pregnant by Noah, right? Because, I mean, she's obviously taking birth control pills, right? But, I mean, maybe if she came to Noah and said, I'm pregnant, I don't know. I'm guessing, I don't know. Another scene in the next on, we see Bruce and Noah together, of all people. Bruce asking, was that her? Now, why would Bruce and Noah be together? Um, maybe when the next book comes out? I don't know. Or they showed some things at the funeral later, I don't, but I don't know. Yeah, so the next scene is, a, it looks like a funeral. The detective is walking in on the funeral where Allison is sitting and the priest says, today we will not dwell on tragedy. So Allison is at a funeral, maybe Scotty's funeral from, you know, Scotty got run over. But that was in the past, right? That would have, would have been in the past. Scotty got run over? Didn't we know that, that Scotty got killed? He got killed, yeah. Yeah, Scotty's definitely gone. So I don't know. why would they be at a funeral... Of a guy that's already been killed. Well, good point. Good, good point. That's a great point, actually. I don't know. So, and then the final one is the hospital. Allison's walking, and Helen's voice says, Do you know why I married you? You were safe. And Noah is sitting on the floor at that hospital in the, in the hospital scene. Yeah. I don't think Helen's very happy with Noah. I think the more Helen... I mean, I'm just getting a vibe that the more she thinks about this, the more she thinks, I don't think so. Actually, I guess there are a couple more other scenes. Allison, we, see, we see Allison making tea with maybe coal. It's coal there. But um, it might not be coal because her hair is down in the sexy way that we see when we see Noah's version of her. She may be with Noah. We don't know who the guy is. Mm-mm. I don't know. And then Allison and her crazy mom, the crazy... Um, healer lady looking sad together <laughs> okay my dog just scoffed at that one and then <laughs> Barkley <and> Barkley <laughs> knows all and then Noah saying this pain feels familiar yeah I don't so, I don't know what we're getting to are they back at it they're back at it aren't they they're back at the well we know they're going to be back together in some way right this is not the end I mean I think anybody would know that this is not the end of Allison and, and Noah I mean it can't be because if it were the end it would just be the end something else happens all right lots of questions not very many answers yeah, the song that comes on at the end of this uh, episode seven is "Won't You Come Home" by Devendra Banhart, and it is a it is a great, very fitting song for um, the kind of reuniting of of Cole and Allison. Okay, we'll have to look it up. I'll put it. I'll put it into the end of the show. Okay, yeah, I'll put it up there for you. So any last thoughts, Michelle? Um, that wraps up episode seven. Uh, I, I just thought this was, the so far, the best episode we've seen. And um, 
you know, I'm just really excited to see, particularly after talking with Nikki and, you know, and hearing this stuff. I mean, she's, she was so excited about it and everything that I'm really excited to see about how it ends. Okay. Um, so next week, there is no show to review, but we'll do those character profiles. And um, it'll be pretty cool. I was thinking of a way to work those into these these um, episode podcasts, but it, the, it'd be a good standalone podcast, I think. Okay, good. I trust you. You trust me? I trust you. I trust you that it'll be good like that, you know? We'll see. All right, I'm good like that. Yeah, okay. All right, Michelle from Tennessee. Uh any last thoughts, or do you want to leave your Twitter handle? Yeah, I mean, anybody that wants to, please find me on Twitter. Tweet me at Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, from T-N. You can friend me on Facebook. I'm Michelle, same thing, Michelle from T-N. Or email me if you'd like, Michelle from T-N at gmail.com. I'd always love to hear from anybody. You've got quite a following now on Reddit. I see a lot of people are... You asked people for questions for Jane, and they came through and gave you some good questions. Yeah, they they were really good. They really, uh, they, they did. You're right. And somebody asked to, like, post that podcast into, into the Reddit thread. Oh, cool. That must be new. I haven't seen that one yet, but I'll definitely, definitely have to do that. All right, Michelle, have a great Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you next week. Okay, you too, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye.